Welcome to Prima's 2020 podcast series. My name is Shonda Ragland. I am the Director of Education at the Public Risk Management Association. On this Prima podcast, Dr. Felice Carlton will discuss employee wellness, an essential component to improve morale, optimal performance, and decrease cost. Dr. Carlton is the CEO of Felice Carlton Enterprises. We will also be joined by Prima's Education Coordinator, Taekwon Gilbert. Taekwon will moderate the discussion. Enjoy the podcast. Thank you for joining us today. Thank you so much for having me. It's my pleasure to be here. So first off, can you tell us a little bit about yourself, your company, and your experience with employee wellness? So I'm a doctor of nursing practice, family nurse practitioner, keynote speaker, and certified integrative health coach through Duke University. And my company, Felice Carlton Enterprises, partners with organizations that are looking to decrease their overall health care costs, which would increase the productivity of their employees and also promote sustainable growth through employee wellness. And my experience pretty much lies in the fact of over the last 10 years, well, more than 10 years, I've had a decade of combined nursing and nurse practitioner experience. So I worked as the only medical provider in a very busy employee wellness clinic. So I took care of every single county employee. So whether that was the county manager, county commissioners, directors of all departments, human resources, finance, social work, whatever it may be, all their employees, uh, whether it's maintenance facilities, other nurses and nurse practitioners. And I began to notice certain conditions were very specific to certain positions. So, for example, the ones who were in the higher positions may have extremely high levels of stress, and that would lead to certain diseases. Or maybe the ones who were in other positions where they worked in the front line with people every day, maybe our social workers, they were sick frequently because, you know, people would bring in their children and, you know, they're constantly getting their faces getting sneezed on and that type thing. So employee wellness is so valuable because it costs a lot to take care of sick people over a long period of time. But I know we'll probably get into that a little bit later. So why do you feel employee wellness is important to organizations? Wellness and sickness, to be honest, ties into everything with an organization. So if you look from a financial perspective, organizations spend lots of money in decreased productivity. Like, for example, if we were just to look at stress. So the United States itself spends about $300 billion every year in lost productivity, absenteeism, which means someone is physically present at work, but they're not able to function their full capacity. Maybe their mind is distracted. Maybe they're depressed. They don't have clarity of thoughts. Staff turnover, medical, legal, insurance, reimbursement prices, and all that is just a result of just stress. So I think employee wellness is important because it ties into everything. So, for example, if an organization is looking to decrease costs, oftentimes they're looking at different things like, okay, what is our staff turnover rate? How are we doing in terms of productivity? What is our customer retention experience? But if your employees are sick, they can't give this amazing experience to your clients, which in turn will affect your bottom line. So it's important for employers to take a proactive approach to wellness with each employee and knowing that people are not just a number or position. They are real people with real issues. And when you can address that, they're more loyal to your organization, they cost less. Like, for example, I had a a patient that I helped to get off with a diabetic, poorly controlled for many years, had a lot of issues, PTSD, depression, so I helped them to work through this. By getting them off of insulin, I helped them to lose 30 pounds, and by that, they no longer needed 
the 50 units of insulin that they were required to take every night. Once I got them off of insulin, it saved over $500 a month just because they were no longer having to pay that. The patient was an employee. Obviously, they were not paying $500 a month. The insurance company was paying $500 a month, and the employer was paying for the insurance. So in the end, when you take more of a proactive approach, you delay things that are later. For example, people who are overly overwhelmed may call in sick a lot, or when they do show up, they show up out of, I guess, obligation or fear, but maybe they're not performing in their uh, the peak level of what they could do for the organization. So that's why it's so important to focus on prevention. What can we as an organization do to help make sure that our employees are healthy and that they are safe? What are some hidden components of employee wellness that is not typically addressed well? One of the biggest factors that I've noticed with taking care of employees on all levels is there is pretty much a stigma attached with stress. So oftentimes, it's almost like it's a badge of honor for many people to say how busy they're to do, how overwhelmed they are, not overwhelmed, but how busy they are, how long their to-do list is, all the things they have to do. But what they don't realize is oftentimes they sacrifice their health in pursuit of a goal. So stress management is not something that's typically actively addressed in some employee management programs. So they look at diabetes, they look at cholesterol, they look at blood pressures because they know those are specific metrics that they can measure. They know that the cost of diabetes over the long haul is certain millions millions of dollars or the cost of someone with uncontrolled blood pressure and high cholesterol can lead to them having a stroke, which is going to lead to disability and lead to other things. But then if you don't examine that stress is the root cause, what happens is Stress leads to so many different diseases and conditions. So I'll give you an example. I had an employee who came to me, and her chief complaint was, I have this horrible headache that I cannot get rid of. Her headache, she tried everything, you know, all the -the over-the-counter medications, everything. She came to me, and when I looked at her, I knew just by looking at her that this was not a person who was just having a regular headache. There were other issues that were underlying that were causing this. So I began to touch she had extremely stiff muscles in her neck. Because her muscles were so tight, stress caused those muscles to be tight. They squeezed the nerves in the back of her head, which made this overwhelming headache that she could not get rid of. She also was complaining that she was having stomach issues. So oftentimes with stress, it manifests itself physically, but people don't realize that there's stress. They just think, oh, there's something going on in my stomach. So, for example, you'll see diarrhea, constipation, nausea, vomiting. They'll have headaches. They can't sleep at night. They're frequently sick. Like, you may know those people who every little cold that comes around, they have it, whether it's a cold, flu, pink eye, different things like that. So she was experiencing all of this, and when I began to talk to her, I said, you know, tell me a little bit about your stress level, and tears started to roll down her eyes because for the first time someone gave her a safe place to really be transparent with what was going on in her life. She was going through a nasty divorce. At the time, I was living on southeastern North Carolina. We just had a major hurricane that devastated our area. I mean, companies were shut down. People lost homes. So she lost her home. She was homeless. She had three children. She was trying to find a, a place for them to live and to keep their life going forward once schools opened back up. And she didn't realize why she had such a bad headache, but she was under so much stress but no one really gave her that safe place to be okay with that. So for many things, stress is a root cause of a lot of things, and it also leads to further diseases. So there are people with normal blood pressure and normal cholesterol who have strokes and who have heart attacks, and all that's a result of the stress that they have going on in their life. So organizations need to make sure that they are 
doing the best that they can within their current needs to look at people as individuals. These are real people with real problems. And although you are not responsible for their life situation, their life dilemmas, it will affect the level of productivity that you have from them. So, for example, for those organizations that tend not to look at overall wellness within the organization. They only look at productivity, only look at numbers and metrics. Those are very important. But I'm always, my thought is what do those metrics represent? So if concerned about turnover, what are the factors that led to the turnover of this particular position? Oftentimes it's stress. It's not just money. Oftentimes it's low morale. So what I say for organizations is that when you address the key issue that's most important to the or for the employees, and stress is a big one of those, Oftentimes, they're, able, they're better able to serve your customers and give them this amazing experience where you have this increased customer retention. So that's why I would say stress is definitely a hidden component that is just often overlooked, and it's really costly. You know, it's, it's very costly for you to have a staff that's not able to function in the way that you need it to. Thanks for tuning in to this Prima podcast. I would like to take a moment to invite you to Prima's 2020 annual conference, June 14th through 17th in Nashville, Tennessee. Here are some words from Prima's meetings director, Monique Gilliam, regarding Prima's 2020 annual conference. Prima's annual conference will be held in Music City, Nashville, Tennessee, June 14th through the 17th. It'll be at the Gaylord Resort and Conference Center. The room rates are 205 plus resort fees. And our cutoff date is May 17th. So book now, spaces are going up fast. Eligible attendees are those who work in the public sector, such as state government, local communities, special districts, intergovernmental pools, or a municipality. And if risk management is a part of your daily routine, you should be at Prima's annual conference. Our annual conference is a leading event for public risk management professionals and provides a unique opportunity for attendees to connect with and learn from peers and thought leaders from inside the industry. To learn more about Prima's 2020 annual conference, visit primacentral.org. What are some physical signs of stress in which individuals or organizations should be aware? First, I'll talk about the individual level, and then I'll talk about how that manifests itself on an organizational level. So on an individual level, people will have low energy. They just will not feel like themselves. They don't understand what it, what's going on with them. Some people are what I call emotion laid out. Or one moment they're sad, the next moment they're blowing up over things that are not really that big of a deal. It leads to anxiety. It leads to depression, GI issues, the diarrhea, constipation, nausea, constantly feeling on edge, which impacts their ability to focus, which impacts their ability to communicate well with others. Frequently sick, so they're going to be absent a lot. Oftentimes, you have some people who, the, the hidden thing, you know, people don't talk about this, like at least the sexual dysfunction, at least the relationship issues, which is going to impact how they perform when they're at work. Long-term would be more so stress is a direct link to heart disease, diabetes, worsening headaches, sleep disturbances, weight gain. There are many people that come to me because they're gaining weight and they think, oh, well, maybe it's my vitamin D, maybe it's my thyroid. But in all honesty, it's their stress because now their cortisol levels are so high, it's causing their blood sugars to go up. It's causing them to continue to retain weight around their stomach region, concentration, memory, just a number of different things on the individual level. So it's important for employees to look and say, hey, maybe this is not just I just don't feel good. 
what is the reason behind that, right? I'm not a person that likes to, I prescribe medicines all the time and they help people, but I always say, what is the root cause of your symptoms? Let's not give you something to cover up a symptom. Like for example, the lady with a headache, giving her ibuprofen would not have fixed the stiff muscles in her neck. It would not have fixed the issue, the fact that she's looking for, you know, housing, all those issues. So let's get to the root cause. Let's address that first. Now on an organizational level, this is going to lead to poor communication among the staff. People who once were able to handle large workloads are no longer going to be able to handle it. It's going to feel like they're like kind of crumbling, but they feel because of maybe their titles or their past reputation that they have to maintain this high level of excellence. So oftentimes they're suffering in silence. They're going to be more workplace arguments or disagreements, things that are important for maybe staff to become unified on. You won't have that buy-in from the staff that you need. There's going to be less clarity of thoughts, especially when it comes to decision-making. I know there's lots of very divisive Lots of very important decisions being made in organizations now, especially with the coronavirus and the way that it's manifesting itself. It's affecting the way people are traditionally having to work. So having not having clarity of thought and having poor judgment, and for some employees, they're not able to handle, they don't have that level of resiliency that others do. And it's not a bad thing. Everybody's completely different. But this could also lead to alcohol dependence, drug dependence, other things that are going to directly affect the organization as a whole. So it's almost like looking at, yes, individuals are what make up the whole piece, but also on an organizational level, how is our culture? You know, is it something where it's shunned upon if someone, let's say their their child passed away? That's a major traumatic stressor. It's going to affect them regardless of if the child is buried, regardless of if it's been a week or two or months or whatever it may be, and knowing what as an organization can we do to help support this employee so that they can better serve the clientele that we're working with? What can organizations and employees do to decrease their stress? Okay, so we'll start with individual employees. So as an individual employee, it's also important to to realize that you are your own advocate, regardless of what your position may be. Oftentimes, people, especially in leadership roles, you know, as, as a leader, there, you're kind of in what I call like a sandwich. So there's stress coming from the top because there's a certain level of expectation for you to perform, a certain level of metrics that you're expected to, to show growth and that type of thing. And then there's also stress from the people that answer to you. You know, all of their problems become your problems. So as an employee, it's always very important to realize, one, take a look at your plate. Oftentimes, people take on things on their plate that are really not necessary in that season. So if you just obtained a major promotion and you know that it's going to come with maybe increased workload or increased hours or whatever that may be, this may not be the time for you to serve on five different board positions within the city and the state. Not that they're not important, but you also have to look at, okay, with my work-life balance, if you're a person who has children and, you know, children after when they grow up, you there are only certain points in your life that you have this unique ability to shape their life. So, it, by taking on all the board positions and the promotion and this and being the PTA mom and all the other things, what is most important for me at this point and where should I spend my energy? Using your breaks while you're at work. Many of us as employees, and I can say us because I've been guilty of this as well, you get so busy, you're so focused, or even when you're focused, you're just constantly distracted by people coming in who need you, you know, so you're putting out fires, you kind of somewhat neglect that 15-minute break that we are entitled to. That is a moment of recharge. It's almost like as if the gas in your tank is getting low. 
use that time to just step away from the work environment. If you can step outside and just get some fresh air, or if you can maybe take your headphones or whatever it may be, listen to something that's like a relaxing song or just a moment to just take some deep breaths, stretch, just remove yourself from a situation. Oftentimes you come back with more clarity. Keeping that in mind, don't don't skip your lunch breaks. When you have the opportunity to take a vacation and it's allotted from the employer, take it. Often don't realize how much we need a vacation until we come back and we say, man, I really needed that. It's not just for the rest and for looking amazing on the beautiful beaches and other things. Mentally, your body needs a recharge. So when you work in leadership, you use your brain more than you use your body oftentimes. So there are some employees that, you know, if they're on roofs and they're under under buildings and they're fixing things, they physically use their body. But many of us use our brain, and your brain can become fatigued. So being okay with, you know, taking those days off when you're able to, getting a massage, taking deep breaths, removing yourself from a situation for a moment. And on the organizational level, it's very important that there, there's a culture of prevention and being proactive and taking care of each other as opposed to a dog-eat-dog world because we probably all can relate to being in organizations where that was the culture. Not to say that there's not great things that could come from competition and that type of thing, but you also have to realize that as an organization, you're one full body. And if you're missing an arm or you're missing a leg, yes, you can still function, but you can't function at the same level as you would if you had all of your pieces. And that includes all employees, all staff members. So what I say to especially leadership staff is people don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. Once there is a, a culture of trust and there is a culture of doing the best that we can to take care of each other, people begin to say, like, for example, I used to work in a, a very toxic work environment, and people would repeatedly call in sick. One, that they probably needed mental health days, but two, it was a retaliation. So if they knew that a certain amount of people were going to be out, they knew that their workload would be increased on them. So as a retaliation to leadership, they would call out. I don't think that that is a very wise idea. I don't think that's smart, but it's almost as if that was their way to get back with um, within, you know, that was their, how do I say, their way to make a statement. So, however, I begin to work on different things like I'm a morale committee and, you know, really working through some things that I personally as an employee at that time saw as a problem. And I began to notice that people were very much willing to work together as a team when they felt they were a valued member of their team. So, for example, if let's say on a nursing unit, if one nurse wanted to take some days before Memorial Day, the other nurse may take after Memorial Day. So, therefore, the unit is covered. Everyone gets to enjoy what they need, but it's not, well, what about me? What about me? It's what What about us? How can we both make this work together? So, and another thing I would say is for organizations, you know, working with an expert that can identify blind spots, because oftentimes everyone's so focused in their own task, in their own role, that they don't notice some subtle things, which become big things later. So identifying blind spots could be, this is, there could be simple things that can be done on an organizational level that maybe you just don't see. And oftentimes having that non-biased person to step in and say, hey, you know, have you thought about this? Or I know that this person really seems to be struggling. They're in, they're in silence, but I think that this could become an issue later if it's not addressed. 
So that's pretty much what I would say in terms of employees, what you can do as a person and an individual and organizations, just the culture that you can promote such that it's healthy for everyone. And when, not to say there's going to be a kumbaya, everyone's happy, everyone's healthy. You know, that's not the reality of what life is. But when there is an organization and a culture where people feel supported, they do everything they can to help support the mission, the values, and the vision of that organization. We have reached the end of our podcast. Thanks to our speaker and all of our listeners. Please visit the Prima website to hear other Prima podcasts, view upcoming Prima webinars, read Prima blogs, and learn about other Prima educational resources. Be sure to check us out on Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, and our very own Prima Talk. Have an amazing day.